Check out my new show, Nicola Talent Presents Getting Away With Murder, live at Liberty Hall on September 20th. Brought to you by MCD. Tickets on sale at ticketmaster.ie. He was actually charged with, with 35 offences against this woman. It was assault, criminal damage, harassment, threats to kill. He really, he terrorised her in a way that I think she, she completely lost control of the, of the entire situation. She described it, it was just like a, another, she was living in some kind of alternative reality. I'm Nicola Talent, and you're listening to Crime World, a podcast about criminals, drugs and the sins of the underworld in Ireland and across the globe. Disgraced former Garda Paul Moody lost his badge and his image as a womanising charmer when he pleaded guilty to coercive control against his ex-partner. The shocking campaign of harassment, physical and mental abuse, as well as the threats and vile messages to the cancer victim, painted him as a deeply devious individual who hid behind his job and his celebrity friends. But behind bars, Moody is now under further investigation for historical sexual abuse, while Garda Commissioner Drew Harris has ordered a special case review into how previous complaints about him were handled. Today, I'm talking to Sunday Independent journalist Ali Bracken, who paints a picture of Moody as a fun-loving socialite who hid a dark side. She tells me about dating sites, gaslighting and the possibility of further victims of the Garda, who was an unpopular character within the force. This is Crime World, a podcast by sundayworld.com. Ali, coercive control, we hear a lot about it now. Um, You know, it's obviously a new enough offence as such, but nobody has stood out as much to date as Paul Moody. Tell us a little bit about him and um, where he is at the moment. Well, at the moment, Paul Moody's in uh, the Midlands prison and he was sentenced to three and a half years for a a campaign really over over four years of, of vile harassment stalking, abuse, uh, even even theft against his his ex-partner uh, who is terminally ill with with cancer. And the case actually came to light for Gargi because Paul Moody himself handed in his own phone to Angarda Shiakona because he was making false allegations against his former partner. And that's that's how the whole thing came to light and how he himself became under Garda investigation over it. So he handed himself in as such. He obviously was feeling very confident at that point. He'd been getting away with this for a long time. Um, so he's a, he's a guard. He was a guard, at least. He's, he's now had to hand in his, his papers and he will not get his pension or anything else. Um, but he's, he's a guard for more than 20 years. Yeah, he was he was a guard for an awful long time, and and he was based in in Irish Town for for a lot of his career, and he was also in the organised crime unit, which is kind of one of the specialist units. It's now defunct, but yeah, like he had quite a long career. Now, look, he he wasn't particularly well got in the guards from from anybody I spoke to. Uh, and look, hindsight's a great thing, that, you know, but but he didn't seem mm. to be particular particularly popular with with his guard colleagues. I think one one person said to me that. 
he never he never did a full day's work in his life, really, you know. He was and he, and he didn't seem to like a lot of guards would socialize together, you know, and and be friendly with each other. He seemed to be more apart from them all really and he kind of led a totally different life and a very he's a very mm. sociable person he seemed to kind of enjoy the high life he kind of liked to have celebrity type friends and he liked to kind of move in certain social circles and you know go to the best restaurants and he kind of had a few friends kind of in the media world as well um so he wasn't really i suppose your traditional guard as 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 the way many people would think of of, of guards i suppose Absolutely. I mean, that the having friends in the media world and being a guard isn't something that's too popular these days. Um, we have to we have to stay apart a lot in 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 case of any accusations of of swapping of information or whatever. But um, I suppose what is coercive control and when did that become uh, something that you could be convicted of? I think it was only in 2019. It was actually put on the statute books. And it's it's essentially kind of a a level of manipulation of another person that kind of happens over a long period of time and which can be really hard for the victim to identify. And often it's gotten to such a point where the other person's life can almost be destroyed and, and they're questioning everything about their own emotions and feelings. And that's kind of the, the genesis of it, really. It's it's getting inside someone's head, I suppose, in a way, and and completely, you know, leaving them completely devastated and, and distraught. By my, it's mind games, so hear, I suppose, is, is probably a good way to to describe it in in simple terms. We hear this phrase gaslighting, where you know can manifest itself in many different ways, but it has come up previously in court cases, and where you know people will move keys around and make you feel as if you're. Uh, you know, you're losing your marbles, really. Um, and they'll also put a lot of blame on an individual for something they're doing themselves. But I suppose to to um, drill down into it, we'll talk about what evidence came out in regard to his victim, Paul Moody's victim. Now, he met her online in 2017. Yeah, he did. And, and, and they began a, a relationship uh, and I think it kind of became quite a serious relationship quite quite quickly. Um, and then it just it's it started to degenerate, I think, as well after uh, after a short space of time. And in the end, when he was criminally charged, he was actually charged with with thirty five offences uh, against this woman. Um, and I think it was assault, criminal dam- damage, harassment, threats to kill. Um, and I think he he really. You know, he, he really he terrorized her in a way that I think she she completely lost control of the of the entire situation. And, and she, you know, she described it. It was just like a, another she was living in some kind of alternative reality, mm. you, you know, the way the way he would deal with her. You know, um, I think he sent her over 30,000 text messages, um, you know, and, and in one 14 hour period, I think he sent her six six hundred and fifty two messages. And that's that's one every 90 seconds. So if you put yourself in in the shoes of of someone who's being abused in this way, it's it's kind of like a constant harassment, and and you know it would it would really leave you questioning everything, and it's really hard to emotionally deal with, and, and I think you can feel like you're kind of losing your mind, and I think that's kind of the purpose of of his behaviour was was to just weaken and weaken and, and weaken this woman, who of course was was very ill with with cancer as it was, so she was already very vulnerable. 
And I think he left her a voice note saying he wanted to, he wanted to stab her to death. I think he he visited her in 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 hospital and said he wanted he only visited to watch her bleed to death and just really a, a level of vile horrendous abuse that you know it's hard for anyone to imagine. But when it's sustained over four years, you know it, it's it's it, it's hard to see. It's amazing to see that this woman was able to to deal with it, you know, and, and to live her life mm. still with all of this going on in the background. And the evidence would show that they, you know, they, they often would go on holidays together and a row would develop and then he would accuse her of flaunting her body in pools. That kind of sort of sense of a jealous partner um, took, took some photographs of her secretly while she was naked and threatened to put them on the internet. Um Evidence that he obtained some information about her because he was a Garda. Yeah, there was, there was kind of, that was always looming in the background, I think. He was always, you know, trying to use his position as a Garda to, to, to threaten her that, that, you know, that she could never make a complaint against him, that, he, you know, he knew every tr- trick in the book, essentially. And that because he was a guard, he would, he would use that position of power to always be in that position of power. And that she was lesser than him, she was weaker than him, and he would he would always dominate her and always have that kind of control over her. And again, it was just another attempt to, you know, for him to to be completely in control and and to continue this this high level of abuse, you know. Mm. And she described him, I think, as charming in the beginning. If you look at photographs of him online, he certainly looks like a party guy, always smiling, uh, having fun. And he doesn't look like somebody, not that we, you and I certainly know that um, monsters definitely don't look like like that. But he doesn't look like the sort of guy you'd be anyway wary of. No, and I mean, he's somebody who who has, you know, a very wide circle of friends. I think a lot of them haven't stood by him. Uh, unsurprisingly, given given what what they later learned, um, but yeah, he he was somebody who who people liked, definitely. Mm. You know, he was somebody who who could you know charm charm the birds off the trees, really. But a, a complete narcissist behind it all, obviously, and, and that's that's putting it nicely. But yeah, he was definitely a man who who people kind of reacted warmly to, you know, and and enjoyed mm-hmm. enjoyed his company, you know. And I think even after his, after his, what, what emerged when, when, um, when the criminal case concluded, like his own, his own friends, like they were, they were shocked that, you know, the person that they, they thought they knew really well was, was capable of, of, of acting in this way. It just didn't, it didn't tally with them that, that with the Paul Moody that they thought they knew. So total Jekyll and Hyde personality. And, um, it seems once he did charm a woman and bring, her into his trust then this tide turned and I'm sure it was a slow thing I'm sure he didn't start this like you know one day he was the nice guy and the next day he was awful I'm sure it was a slow thing and no doubt he apologized every now and then to her and the relationship continued um some of the some of the messages I think the guard saw on his phone when he handed in and we'll come back to that but uh, he described her as being riddled with cancer. He at one point said that he hoped she got raped. Um, I mean, absolutely vile. A lot of the the, the communication we couldn't even, um, you know, repeat. But going back to he handed in his phone 
to the guards. That was in in 2020, I think, when he claimed that a relative had looked for him to square off a parking ticket or a traffic offence. It was a traffic offence. Yeah, it was a, a relative of the victim was a taxi driver. And Paul Moody was, he was obviously trying to, he was upping the ante really of this campaign of of terror really against this woman. And this this had begun to include now trying to cause problems for, for members of her family. So that's what that was about. Um, but it just shows the like the pure arrogance of him um, mm-hmm. and stupidity really that he thought he could continue to just get away with this. But, you know, the reality is as well, this case probably wouldn't have come to light whatsoever if if he hadn't handed in his phone. So it was looked at by NBCI, this allegation, which was completely false about the her relative, the taxi driver asking for a ticket to be squared. And but then within the phone, they found like, you know, this this avalanche of abuse. And then they went deeper into the phone and obviously had it forensically examined further and, you know, got got all the, the history of it. And then they they reached out then to to his victim and just said, look, we we know what's been happening here and, and we really want you to talk to us about it. We want you to trust us. And we are taking this extremely seriously and, and we're horrified by, by, you know, by what, by what they found. And, you know, I, I think the victim afterwards has spoken briefly, I think, and she's remained anonymous. And she's she said that, you know, the guard investigators in the case were really, you know, she said, I think she said that they put her faith, put faith back in Angarda Shiakona, she obviously had a had a understandably had a very low opinion of of Gardi, given her experience with this man and, and their relationship. But you know they restored her faith in the force. You know that that obviously not all Gardi are are like that or or even close. But the reality is, she she most likely wouldn't have or she hadn't made 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 a complaint in full anyway about this. So only that he himself willingly handed over this this phone to this come to light. So the DPP accepted a single count of coercive control because of concerns about her health. I think the 260 page statement she gave was likely to see her in the witness box for up to a week. She would have been put under cross-examination had he pleaded not guilty. And, you know, she she's, look, the woman is terminally ill, so they they, they were kind of in a position, the DPP was in a position that this was probably the best outcome. He he pleaded guilty to that one single charge and her victim impact statement was read. I think in the in the in this case that was probably the the best outcome anybody could have expected. Yeah, I mean I think there's I think there's quite a lot of disappointment about it as well though, because I mean he'll he'll be out in, in, in two and a half years essentially. Um and considering considering the the level of, of abuse it, it just doesn't seem long enough. I, I think there's a real palpable feeling of that, even from his victim. She even said that, you know, she doesn't, you know, she's not, she made a point that she wasn't criticising the, the judiciary and, and she was praising the, the guardie. Um, but she was disappointed that that it didn't, that he wasn't put away for longer. And it's not, I think she even said it's not about seeing him in prison. It's just kind of about the crime being acknowledged for what for what it was but i think in the the reality is that unfortunately her her health is is not well and we could have been waiting more quite more time for for a trial to proceed in full and you know whether she would have been able to give evidence was a real issue 
And also a, a trial like that, I mean, it would emotionally take a huge, a huge toll, of course, on her and whether or not her, her health could, could withstand that. So I think it's unfortunate, but the circumstances are, are what they are, you know, and, and that's, that's, that's been the reality of it, you know. And Judge Martin Nolan was quite vociferous about how bad this was. He said he was he had put her through violent, humiliating torture, essentially, and the, the, the victim was 43, he was 42. But did he give him the full, the maximum term he could? No, I think it's five years is, is the maximum. Um, so he got three and a half, which is the fact that he pled guilty um, to that one charge and had no previous criminal convictions, that's, they, they would have both, those, those two things would have had to be taken into consideration by the judge when passing sentence. And that's, that's just how the law works, you know? So mm. I think that's, it, it's, some people have said that it's, it was slightly uh, erring a little bit more on the lenient side that possibly he could have given him a, a slightly longer, but he was never going to get the full the full five years, given the guilty plea, yeah, with the guilty plea and with and with the lack of with the lack of criminal history himself. But you know, there were thirty five offences, uh, and like we were just saying, it's it's just unfortunate that, in some ways, it's unfortunate that that it never got to go to to full trial, you know, and, and to see what would have happened then, you know, with in front of a in front of a jury. So initially, after the the case, I think a lot of the headlines concentrated on the fact that he was a Garda. That was the big shock point of it really um you know while there's more than 10,000 guarded they have good and bad within the force the same way we do in any industry uh but you know the idea that somebody who's to be trusted and um you know is wearing the uniform would do something as as vile as this but since then uh the the story has moved on and you yourself have done quite a lot of work on it uh, firstly, you've reported that he's currently under investigation for an historical sex abuse claim. We can't go into the details of that, but while he's in prison, the the investigation into his activities will continue. Yeah, he, he's under uh, investigation at the moment. It's very serious um, historical allegations of, of sexual abuse. And it's it's a case that's been ongoing for some time. Um, it, it didn't arise because of anything to do with, with the crime he's now convicted of. It's an entirely separate matter. And it was under investigation, I believe, for, for, for well over well over a year, but possibly more than two. Um, but that's kind of going on in, in the background and it's it's not being handled by the, the National Bureau of Criminal Investigation handled his, his coercive control charge. This is being handled by the Protective Services uh, Unit, essentially, and, and that's that's their role. So it's an entirely different case. Um, it, I suppose we just have to see where it goes. If, if he's if he's charged in relation to that, we don't we don't know if he will be. But it's 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 a very active investigation at the moment that that I'm aware of. You know, and also there is uh, Drew Harris has ordered a special case review into this to look at previous complaints about him, how they were handled. And the Garda Ombudsman is also investigating. And there have been calls for other victims, any other victims out there to come forward and, you know, to feel safe to do that. But I think you were talking to one 
ex-partner in particular. And the story really shines a real light on what was happening um, over the period of time that he was putting the, the terminally ill partner under this horrific abuse. He was online, he was outdating, he was meeting people and he was talking about how the relationship with his victim was actually that he was the victim. Yeah, this, this is a woman I spoke to a, a few weeks back and, and she was in quite a recent relationship uh, with Paul Moody. And yeah, she met him online and they began a relationship. I think they went out for a few months. Um, and I think it started quite well in the first couple of months. You know, I think she 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 quite liked him and they saw an awful lot of each other. You know, it was, it was the start of, of what she thought might be as kind of a significant relationship, I suppose. But... After kind of a, a very short amount of time, she began to notice that, that some of his behaviour was just a bit off and she just found him kind of constantly criticising her, kind of telling her she was a mess. Um, and then he started accusing her of, of, of being abusive towards him. I think she described to me one night that they had been out and she said she probably had a couple too many drinks Um and the next morning, he kind of accused her of of being abusive towards him and being abusive towards others on the night out. And she just, you know, I think it was red flags then started with her because she knew she wasn't that kind of person. She, she was like, if you, if, if you ask any of my friends, if, if I, she goes, she goes, I don't drink that much anyway, but if I ever have too much to drink, I, I'm not that kind of person who, who gets that way. So she mm-hmm. kind of just began to kind of, almost kind of not believe him because what she was what he was describing didn't sound like like her and this this kind of continued with her and she just felt like he was like he was trying to get into her head so she kind of began to to kind of you know step back from him she kind of cooled the romance but but he did he did describe his ex uh his ex-partner to this to this woman and said that she she was a she had a, he had an ex partner who was very abusive and who you know terrible you know basically he described in reverse what he had done mm-hmm. to her to his current to his then girlfriend and and this woman he said she'd gaslighted him yeah that 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 she was and he'd been through this before and he wasn't going to be in another relationship where where somebody you know didn't treat him properly and and you know and 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 played all these mind games and and this woman, you know, couldn't couldn't believe it then when when she saw when she saw the news after after his conviction, and you know he, he was describing himself, but he had just turned the tables. But she she was completely unaware until she saw the until she saw him on the on the news following his his conviction that he was up on these criminal charges. Now their romance had ended, but but they were still in a lot of contact. I think she had even seen him in a few days before he was he was actually sent to prison and and he he'd never said that any of this was was going on in the in the background but she just she said he was a man who really liked the good life um but he was a very big drinker and a gambler and and she wasn't interested in in those things at all um but he kind of lived a certain lifestyle she said he was constantly out with his friends. He kind of had the social life of dreams. You know, he went to the best restaurants. You know, all of that kind of stuff. He had a shoebox of really expensive watches. You know, a really sharp dresser. She said everywhere they went together, she said everybody knew him. Everybody liked him. Uh, I think he described himself as, you know, I'm, I'm just a giant teddy bear. 
and, and that's how it, how it was in the beginning. And, and then it just began with this kind of chip, chipping away at her, kind of chastising her like she was a, like she was a child, telling her she was a mess and, and accusing her of, of, of gaslighting and, and this kind of the behaviour he is now kind of infamous for. So, so she kind of began to distance herself from him. And, you know, I think he was very, you know, when she kind of was, was, was cooling things and, and not interested in meeting up with them, you know, he made it very clear to her that he wasn't going to be a man who was, who was stuck for female company. That was his kind of reaction. Like, don't worry, like I, I can, I can meet other women very easily kind of attitude, very kind of flippant with her, you know, but also the arrogance, I think, all shone through, she said, and he kind of said something to her like, you could have had it all with me, but but you've thrown it away, you know, this this kind of attitude. So she just wasn't interested in the relationship anymore. But but they remained on on, on okay terms. And, you know, she said to me after reading the, the 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 victim impact statement from his victim that she thinks that only that she kind of is is a strong woman. Uh, and not that his victim isn't strong, but like she she was vulnerable in terms of she was very medically, you know, very ill. But she said she could see how if if, if you showed any weakness um, that he could get inside your head. And she said only that she kind of just wasn't having it, you know, and, and kind of, you know, wasn't a young woman, is a mature woman as well. And, and just, you know, has lived a life and, and, and just wasn't going to put up with this kind of behavior. But she could see how easily he could do that. And didn't that lady you spoke to have a lucky escape because she, she didn't put up with it or didn't accept an apology or whatever. And, and she got out of it very early and very quickly. Um, but yeah, you hear, you hear in these relationships, I think when people just feel that this person will change and things will change and I suppose slowly they become depleted um, in their strength to get out of it. So have other victims come forward, you know, to date or are the Gardaí hoping that maybe some will? Well, from speaking to to some sources about it, so when they when they went into Paul Moody's phone and, and found this this all this evidence against him in relation to his victim, they also found a number of other women. Um, and I suppose he he wasn't he wasn't lying. I suppose when, when he said to the woman I spoke to that that uh, he'd have no shortage of, of female company after after she dumped him, because he was very active. Uh, in online dating and, and Tinder and all of that. And he was he was meeting up with a lot of women. And he seemed to be quite a hit with women. Like he, you know, some one person said to me, he, you know, he was he was meeting up with a, with a different woman every night, essentially. And 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 women liked him because he was so was so charming. So when guards had his phone and, and began to, to to find everything that they found, they did find a number of other women um, who he was attempting to coercively control as well. Now I don't think any nothing as bad as 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 what he's he's he was convicted over his his victim who's ill, but there was a number of other women who who he was attempting to to do the same thing, and Gardy went to all of these women as well, and they all were very helpful to to Gardy, and I think they they really helped kind of corroborate his victim's story, and and they helped paint this picture, you know, and confirm him as this kind of manipulative monster really so th- so that was really helpful I think Gardy you know are very grateful to all these other women now none as of yet have decided to um to make a criminal complaint and, and that might well remain the case 
But, you know, I, I think Gardy are, are very much of the view that, you know, that door is 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 open and we'll, we'll be more than happy to to investigate him further as well. If if any women wanted to, uh, you know, to come forward and, and, and try and bring a case against him. And I'm sure that conviction will give others confidence if they do wish to do that, that he's he's in prison now for the moment and been investigated for other things. And, and clearly he will have that conviction if he ever faces another charge in relation to coercive control. Just finally, one observation, Ali. Um, Agarda on Agarda's salary with box loads of designer watches and clothes and a nice house and being able to go out in fancy restaurants. Uh, don't see it. Was there any um, indication of where the money came from? Well, it was said to me because that was the impression that, that this recent girlfriend of had because that was the the lifestyle he appeared to be leading but then from speaking to 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 sources uh because I mentioned that to somebody I was speaking to about this this kind of perception of 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 wealth and this investigator said to me well the the watches are all fake um and the house is in the process of being repossessed so it was very much he, he put on this facade very much so um and I think when he was out socialising with his with his friends, I think they might have been been picking up the tab a lot. But I think in the last before he went to before he went to prison, he, he had kind of reinvented himself as a as a home decorator, I believe. And he was working out around kind of Dalkey Kaliney, South Dublin area. And he was I think he was kind of bragging to people how how it was really easy to rip off rich people. And, and he was making a fortune out of doing this, according according to him anyway, you know. So I think he was a bit of a wheeler dealer, but was certainly better at a perception of perception of wealth, really, you know, but mm-hmm. but scratch scratch beneath the surface and, you know, he probably didn't have uh, have much in the bank account, I'd say, you know. A lesson to us all, everything is not as it may seem. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, when he gets out of prison, you know, what his what his life will be like, you know, because it's, it's, I think everybody really knows who, who he is now and it'll be very, he seems to be a person who tries to reinvent themselves constantly, but it'll be hard to see, you know, how, how he gets on, I suppose, when he gets out and how many of these kind of friends of his, he had these, a lot of these kind of semi Irish celebrities type friends, you know, how many of them will, will stick by him when he gets out, you know? So the, the loss of his, uh, I suppose his identity and his badge are going to be two things that will be missing when he, if he tries again to uh, to be that guy. And there's no talking, there's no talking your way out of uh, his way out of what he's done as well. Like there's there's no defence. Like he's probably someone who could talk the talk. It sounds like, but you know, there's, there'd be no, there's no way of convincing anyone of of sound mind that that there's any excuse for for this behaviour and any forgiveness really for this behaviour as well. Well, Ali Bracken, thank you very much. Thanks a million. You've been listening to Crime World, a podcast from sundayworld.com, produced by Ian Mullaney and edited by me, Nicola Talent. Research assistant is Clodamini. If you like this show and love true crime, leave us a review. Or why not download the free sundayworld.com app for lots more stories from Ireland and across the globe. <laughs>